Can you believe it? Episode 150, Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast. This week is about the chicken jig. If you don't know about the chicken jig, you might want to listen in. Brad Leitner's internet service, a little spotty, in and out, but we get some nuggets out of the way, and then we just talk about the Minnesota Bass Fishing Opener, and uh, it really is the greatest time of the year here in Minnesota. Enjoy the episode. This week, the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. What's up, everybody? Friday night, Hellabass Live. Thanks for your patience. Working on little guest technical difficulties. We had him. We lost him. Hopefully he bops back in when he gets a chance. But uh, cheers to everybody on Friday night. Uh, Hellabass Live, presented by Arsenal, boosted by Powerhouse Lithium tonight. Super excited. All right. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for your patience. Thanks for tuning in on a non-traditional night, but uh, dropped the family off at the airport uh, out of town and uh, wanted to spend Wednesday night with them before they were going to be gone. So sounds good. Looks good. Although I don't think I sound super good. A little bit of a head cold I'm fighting here. Hopefully we, we are healthy for tomorrow. Tomorrow's a big day in Minnesota. So hopefully we get Brad back in a little bit to talk about the chicken jig. See Kyle, Tom, lots of familiar faces here. Yeah, what's tomorrow? The catch and release season opens in Minnesota. Fantastic. Oh, I do got something new to share with the. Uh, Ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process, from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time homebuyer options. You can ask Hellabass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. Wow, a new spot. Thanks for bearing with it. We got some new partners joining the live stream. So appreciate your guys uh, supporting uh, Powerhouse Lithium. Thanks to the success we saw early on in the response they're joining on and taking place of uh they're now uh who brings you the stream in 1080 so that's awesome <clears throat> so lots of cool things lots of things moving and shaking so uh, appreciate everybody that tunes into these not quite brandon not quite uh, i did not get in on the uh the drop brendan i just uh, didn't feel the need to get those but uh I think it did get all the goodies installed. So those will get a, a, a testing tomorrow. 
Um, I don't know. Somewhere not super far away. I got to be home by like six o'clock to feed the dogs tomorrow. So probably Dick, maybe drive an hour or so somewhere to fish. Still, I'm thinking maybe a mixed bag. Some places got smallies and largemouth. Where's everybody that's in Minnesota? Where are you guys heading in the uh, in the chat tomorrow? Like Brian and all you guys, ice, you know, ice off everywhere in Minnesota up there in Brainerd. Is it, is it open? Uh, I think my neighbor Bill is going to hop in the boat tomorrow, Brian. We will touch on the uh, the Keith Poche DQ, Rusty, for sure. All right, we're open. We're, we're ice-free. Because I assume that means there are millions ice-free, where I have a tournament coming up in like 10 days. Um, open in the Brainerd Lakes area, says Ron. Awesome. <clears throat> Very cool. Brian says he's likely going to Mini Washta. That's a good little lake. Lots of opportunity. Uh, there's a lot of fish in that little lake, and it's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, you just got to pick lakes that aren't known for walleyes, and that's usually pretty good. Ooh, hope you feel better soon, Tom. That's no good. I will say that I do want to highlight that, uh, for those who don't know, um, there is... So Minnesota DNR is collecting inputs on a proposed catch and release season here in Minnesota. So I'm going to drop a link here in the chat. Um, anybody that's in Minnesota, anybody that is interested in fishing Minnesota, even those watching from afar, I would encourage you to uh, fill this out. It would be awesome. The more responses, the better. Uh, basically we're looking at, instead of having a two week catch and release season, having kind of a year round catch and release season likes, um, like Wisconsin has, uh, so that, you know, I don't have to drive to Iowa in April to go bass fishing. Um, so people from Canada can come down to Minnesota and fish. Um, but if you guys want to fill that out and say, Hey, even if you don't live in Minnesota, be like, Hey, I live in, in Iowa, I live in Missouri. Maybe I would come early and spend my resources if there was a catch and release season in Minnesota for bass. Um, so I would appreciate anybody that is willing to fill that out. That would be awesome uh, and much appreciated because I want to be able to catch pre-spawn bass in Minnesota. Um, I heard rumors of people copy fishing near me that they're already fish on beds up here in Minnesota, which is crazy because there are fish on beds on Lay Lake and there'll probably be fish on beds on Lay Lake after the fish on my local lakes are done spotting. Exactly. That's why I need uh, catch and release. Much appreciated, AJ. It takes like, it's literally, you have to register and send your email, but once you like get the email confirmation back, it takes, I don't know, a minute to fill it out. So be awesome the more signatures the better that would be awesome much appreciated i'm gonna check my phone here and see if uh if our guest like lost internet or what's going on no word all right you might be stuck with me yeah there you go spread the word i i, I read somewhere today on Bass Boat Central that they've got like a thousand responses and 94% or something like that are in favor versus six opposed. 
There you go. Very nice. Welcome, everybody. Friday night. Hopefully, uh, Brad comes on because he can tell us more about these chicken jigs. Uh, I can definitely talk about it a little bit, but uh, I am definitely not the expert and the originator like uh, Brad is. Fantasy fishing. My team's coming around. <clears throat> uh, looking all right. I don't know how everybody's doing on Lay Lake. Josh Strachner killing my team. But otherwise... Um, got some some horses still in the race going into day three here. We got Canterbury within striking range of the uh, the top ten. Christy lurking right in there. Will Davis right in the thick of things in second place. <coughs> if uh, if Paul Neckel opened the door for him, Will Davis, a former guest, remember we had him on earlier this year. It was a good interview. Powerhouse lithium guy. Saw him fishing up in the tail race. So encouraging. Hopefully we can crack a thousand points. How is everybody else's fantasy team doing? All right. Can you hear me, Brad? Give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. <laughs> Uh, it looks a little blurry and choppy. I'm a little. I don't know if it's uh, his connection is all that great. I just turned on. I don't know. How like, are you doing, Brad? Lost the Good. How are you? Good. Switching you your mobile me? device. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Yeah, I can hear you. Good. A little bit choppy, but we'll see if we'll make it work here. We better just start talking about chicken jigs before uh, we lose you again. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt, but buddy. Just to set the scene a little bit, Brad is, uh, I don't know what you said, 20 miles south of Wheeler. Uh, official practice starts tomorrow for the EQ Bassmaster Open, in which Brad is fishing all of them this year. So this will be stop number four. Uh, so just quick, what are your thoughts? Are you excited for uh, Wheeler? Uh, yes and no. I mean, Wheeler's a big lake, but fish is pretty small, and hopefully there's a ledge bite going. It's been not the year I've wanted so far. I've had opportunities, but uh, these boys are good, so you definitely got to take advantage of every opportunity i haven't done that so far this year so looking to turn the year around here on wheeler yeah absolutely i think you're basically dead in the middle as far as eq qualifiers um and i think just watching the standings it feels like you've had some good days but you haven't been able to put two good days together back to back in the first three yes absolutely i've been i think i've been in the top 30 twice in the first day and then once I was like in the top 40, I've had great first days and just miserable second days, which, uh, you know, it's something coming from Minnesota that I'm going to have to get used to. It's just, we never really fished, you know, you know what it's like up there. You don't fish my two day tournaments and three day tournaments. And it's just been a little bit of, you know, 
lack of experience, I'd call it, for finding the fish that you need on the second day. And no one, no one can understand what it's like having 225 boats on a body of water. I mean, there's, there's no st stone unturned. It's, it's crazy. So I just got to get better at finding stuff out of the way and, you know, trying to, trying to get the Minnesota mind out and just focus on catching a two pounder when I need it rather than, you know, trying to get a top 10 basically. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh fishing down South, uh, especially on uh, large boat fields. It's, you know, we, we get really accustomed to, you know, fishing for 20, 30 bites a day in Minnesota. And that's just not the mindset when you go down South sometimes. No, you're pretty happy to get 10 bites a day and you better land them all. You know, these fish are strong. They're, we've been dealing with a lot of like spawned out fish and kind of soft mouth fish the last couple derbies. So that's kind of played into it, but yeah, it, uh, it's definitely an eye opener. I, I truly enjoy the challenge of it all. I just wish the finishes were better up to date, but uh, we'll get there. We'll turn it around. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, your audio is decent. Your picture is a little choppy, but we're going to go with it anyways. Uh, so Brad Leitner, tell us why you know a little something about these bad boys. Oh, the chickens. Ah, it's kind of. It's a long story, but uh, it's kind of something I, I'll i tell you the first time I ever really saw anything like that. I think it was, I was watching Kevin Van Dam. I think it was on Kentucky Lake, catching him on this white jig. I'm like, what the heck is that? That'll work around here. So Which, after uh, like experimenting. A like a preacher jig, right? Is what he was yes, throwing. he was throwing. Yeah, he was definitely throwing a preacher jig, which is more common down south. You're kind of, it's kind of a different way of fishing it down here. It, it kind of works both ways, but it's definitely more of a reaction bite than what we get in Minnesota. So, I, uh, I had a crazy story. I like bought a couple of those preacher jigs and went out and won. Just put a clinic on Lake Waconia with me and. My, I think my son was about seven at the time, and I'm like, wow, there's a lot to this. And just over over time, I mean, I tied up. I wish I would have kept all the ones that I started tying and, you know, that didn't work. And just, you know, a lot of, a lot of trial and error with it and just, like, hit on something. Like, the the chicken jig is totally different than the preacher jig. It's more of a more of a slow fall, more of a stay up high type jig. You know, it, it stays up. It's really good for suspended fish. It's good on with fish on the bottom. It's just, you kind of fish it a little different. Yeah. And are, are preacher jigs typically a little smaller as far as like their, their cut and the amount of hair or feather or not? Yeah. Yeah. Normally a preacher jig's a little tighter. It's not, as big a massive hair and usually preacher jigs all the one i've seen have been they have a lot lighter hook in them so mm -hmm. it's a lot harder to keep them pinned with those things you know with the with the chicken jig we have a giant five aught you know a vmc hook in there which it's like you you fish on 20 pound fluoro or 
you know, braid. Seth likes to throw it on braid with a leader and you basically throw it on a flipping stick and set the hook as hard as you can and reel them to the boat and boat flip them type deal. Yeah. It's hard to see how much there is. There. But also, yeah, there, there's a lot of fur there and how the whole chicken jig started. So me and my ex, like we bought a house and we got some chickens and uh, I love those things. They're crazy little creatures. And I actually, the first couple I ever tied, I used like chicken feathers out of our chickens, you know, some they left behind. Obviously I didn't pluck them off of them, but that's kind of how the whole thing got started. Nice. Um, so you said you actually did use the original preacher jig, but why did you kind of change it and modify it to what in the chicken is like, what did you find up here in Minnesota that made you want to make it more full and bigger and, well, from from what I've been or what I learned in Minnesota, kind of what led up to that is I used to throw these swim baits, like I catch a lot of fish, suspend it off of breaks or off of rocks, and you'd have to keep the you know swim bait up in the zone. Like you'd catch them. I mean, did really good in a lot of tournaments on Minnetonka with a little. I used to use that that wild eye swimmer i think they still make that thing it's like a yeah, it's like a four inch walleye swim bait yeah and i used to throw that a lot on tonka back in the day and you know you catch these fish that were super suspended you'd catch them 15 feet down in 25 feet of water and they just suspend off of these off of these st steep breaks chasing bluegills kind of you know no different than down here chasing shad type thing but the bluegills, you know, obviously move around a lot less than shad. So that preacher jig, it would fall too quick. So I needed something to keep it up in the zone, you know, or if I wanted to fish it real suspended, I could still slow roll that thing without it falling so fast. And that, you know, obviously the more hair you put on something, the more buoyant it is. And it just, you know, it was a little bit of luck and a little bit of just knowing what I wanted with it. I never in my wildest dreams would thought it would have took off that crazy. But I mean, it's kind of like you go to Minnetonka now and walk down the dock row on a Denny's Monday morning tournament. Everyone has one tied on. You know, I start fishing, no one. <laughs> I was the only one in the field with it. I just wasn't smart enough with it back then to win everything with it. So if anybody's looking for these, they do have them at Omnia. Um, they got a decent supply. They also do have, for those that are uh, kind of entrepreneurial or artsy or like to tie, they do sell just the heads as well. Um, which, yeah. how, how often do you fish them out of the package versus tying your own, Brad? <laughs> I always tie my own. I'm always, I'm actually working on a couple colors right now. We're going to, Outcast is going to launch we're going to probably do four or five of my favorite new colors. Like this is, you know, with COVID hitting and everything, we really wanted to launch and outcast kind of went through a transition with, you know, now Connor and, and, uh, God, I forget his name, bought out, you know, outcast. So they're kind of yeah. hard charging with things. So, we kind of left it alone for a little while and didn't really 
you know, keep building colors. There's a lot of good colors. Like one of my favorite colors is going to come out with the new deal. And yeah, I don't, I don't fish them out of the package very often. I, I like to mess around with things. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I like to try new colors. I like to see what works better. And I like to be throwing something that the whole field isn't throwing at the same time, you know? Sure. Any, any hints on what the, some of the new colors might be? Are they going to be more bluegill, more shad, more bait fish? Like, There's definitely going to be like a shad color. There's going to be a shad coming out, like a more just shaddy shad. There's going to be like a, my favorite color. I don't really want to elaborate on it too much because there's a bunch of guys tying stuff up there now that'll love to hear it. And there'll be kind of a new a newer version of like a bluegill and uh the biggest thing we're going to try to upgrade we're going to try to put that i think we got all done now but we're going to try to put that incorporate that red line hook in them so they're okay. going to have a real high quality a higher quality hook in them i mean the vmc makes a really good hook but that red line is i mean that's kind of blown out of the park right now nice well i'll pretend like i didn't listen to the bass galaxy and I won't, I won't tell them what you said your favorite color was. <laughs> oh, the pink and gray. Did I talk <laughs> about that? That guy gets everything out of me. I got too drunk. Nice. Um, so they come in a couple yeah. sizes, half, five, eight, three quarter. What, what size do you like to throw the most? And what, why do you go heavier, lighter? What applications? I'm pretty much a straight up three quarter. Sometimes I mess around. Uh, I think we'll probably come out with a one ounce. Sometimes there's some applications where I'd like a heavier head, but uh, pretty much three quarter. I mean, I I'm pretty strict with. I mean, there's a lot of guys catching them on chickens, doing a lot of different things, slow rolling them over weeds or whatever. Yeah fish them up shallow they work i mean they work pretty much anywhere you want to throw them but i primarily i like to fish them out deep and i like that heavier head so i can cast it further get it down quicker or keep it up you know right. but i like the reaction the three quarter more than more than most but you know i talked to some guys that catch lots of bass on and they use half ounces which i, I kind of just whatever your style is basically mm -hmm. i know when i first bought them i very much tried to duplicate what i saw what you saw kvd doing right like like spiking yeah. off the bottom yeah. letting it fall kind of like stroking a football jig almost didn't have the most amazing success. What what are I guess for our natural bluegill lakes where you kind of created it for what what are your kind of I don't know top methods or how do you like to fish it? Obviously, I've, I'm starting to learn more and more ways that people are doing it. But what is your like your go to? What do you start with? Uh, my favorite way of fishing it, and I still. I mean, I've done a bunch of filming with Seth. I actually had Matt Robertson up in the boat last year. We did a bunch of fishing with it. But to me, I like to throw it out there, and I'll start start working it. Wow. That was a tease. <laughs> Hopefully Brad comes back here in a second. Put him in the, in the green room. Talk about a uh, – do you think that was intentional? Where he, like – 
I'm going to tell you the juice, but uh, I'm not going to tell you the juice. It's like the time when uh, Justin Lucas battery died seven minutes into being on the show. Um, yeah. I, swim nice over weed tops. Uh, let's see what else. Let's just catch up on a few. Uh, they do make some that are small. I mean, other people make smaller ones, little midge. <clears throat> like, um, I think we talked about why. Yeah. When are these jigs best used? I'm, yeah. So up here, like the preacher jig down south, you use them a lot using them. Like people are like stroking them on ledges and current breaks and offshore stuff. Uh, in in Minnesota and Wisconsin and our natural lakes, it is still mostly an offshore thing. But I am seeing, <coughs> excuse me, some people using them uh, like a almost like a regular swim jig. Sometimes swimming them over flats. Um, sometimes working them very like slow. Other times, like more erratic. Uh, I see now a lot of people almost fishing them like a boot tail swim bait, where they'll count it down and swim it over a grass edge or a weed line, or like honestly, like how you'd slow roll a, a, a boot tail swim bait. People are counting them down or watching them on their their sonar. Um, it's kind of interesting how uh, there many different ways people are fishing them and getting bit. Yeah, you can drag it. You can fish it more like a traditional jig. There are a lot of things. I would say like that traditional, like where where we live, because we don't have a ton of shad that like reel it like five times, get it to jump off the bottom and fall down can get bit, but it's probably not the best where I live. Now, if you've got a lot of shad down by you, Brendan, that might be something to try. Um, Pike do love them. Uh I, people don't typically put trailers on these. These are big enough and bulky enough that people, this, it really, it's full in the water. And I have not heard about anybody really fishing these with trailers. That is a good question that we could ask uh, Brad if he does make it back. Um, I'm sure somebody has, and I'm sure somebody's caught fish, but that doesn't seem like to be the most common uh, from what I've seen. back what's going I'm on back. <laughs> it's horrible here did you put a couple quarters in the in the, the machine i wish it was that easy i wish it was that easy but everywhere we go we're pretty blessed uh, that's such good internet man so yeah um so if somebody's like new to this never touched one before what would be your advice, like where to go, how to use it? Oh, well, I mean, the first step you got to, I mean, you're, you're looking, if you're in the Midwest, you're looking at June, mid-June through the summer. Any place there's bluegills, shad, crappies, and I like to throw it off of steep breaks, hard spots, and I like to, like, when I use it, I use We are on the struggle bus. He just like absolutely dropped out that time. Um, this is the adventures of going live. Uh, most people, a lot of people that I know are fishing these on straight 15, 17, 20 pound fluorocarbon. Um, some people are doing braid two fluoro. 
if they're doing floor leader, I'm sure they're using a 17 to 20 pound leader. Um, I haven't been bit off too much, but I've caught pike on it. I haven't been bit off by a pike. I think there's enough bulk back here that keeps them away from the the line. Um, But and a pretty good. I mean, it's got a pretty beefy hook in it. You definitely you want to throw this on your your like your jig rods for sure. Um, Yeah, that's kind of where the idea originated. Um, I'm sure this style would work. These tend to because of the the amount of bulk they put in these. Darius, these definitely tend to like, even on a three quarter ounce, they fall pretty slow when you watch them. Um, versus like a traditional preacher jig, kinds of kind of dart a little faster. These kind of stall in the water column a little bit more, but uh, there's probably an application for sure. Yeah, I think a 734 would be a good rod for sure. Um, it's mostly a post spawn summertime fall thing. I don't really hear about people doing this in the pre spawn. Um, things like that. So once the, you know, the bass are done spawning, the bluegills start to spawn deeper. Uh, that seems to be where a lot of, uh, people are using these. Yeah. Good point, David. Never hurts to, to bump the thumbs up. Never hurt anybody. doesn't cost you anything. Hmm. Yeah, he's uh he's in the middle of uh, nowhere, Alabama, getting ready to fish the start the practice period for the the EQs tomorrow on Wheeler. So we're at the mercy of uh, Alabama phone signal internet. I think. I know they are a little bit expensive. They are like fifteen bucks. Which if you use the code, right? Is my code even up to date? We gotta fix this. But uh, code down in the bottom will definitely save you a few bucks <clears throat> if you're gonna buy some. And then uh, if you're uh, handy, the uh, the heads are only six bucks. You can tie your own. So and then your uh, options are unlimited from that perspective. So. Yeah, he's definitely out in the BFE. You told me you uh not able to fish tomorrow, Brian. You said you were busy. Although Bill and I are talking about coming out your way. Maybe. Yeah. Does do you ever see this certain fella? Are you talking about uh, Kobe when he won the, the state tournament? <laughs> or are you talking about you? <laughs> there you go, my Christian. Whiplash shads stocking up. I mean, it's got, I mean, it's a bit, I mean, if you look at it, it's, it's very much like a ledge style swim bait head, honestly, with a big hook. So, I mean, this style head, you could definitely, if you've got kind of your favorite ledge busting stout swim bait head, you could definitely probably tie up a chicken style jig if you've got the right hook and throat for it. Yeah, I saw that the dirty thirty on Boji. Uh, are you just gonna grill lunch? 
<laughs> it wasn't Greg. <laughs> um, nice. Whew. Where are we here? 80 people hanging out on a Friday night. Uh, other news in case, I don't know if we'll get Brad back or not. Um, I did post a link to the Minnesota DNR uh, catch and release season feedback in the chat. If people want to uh, fill that out and support the bass catch and release season, that would be awesome. Um, I am going to be tomorrow night joining Debo on his channel tomorrow night at 730 on Debo's Fishing. So if you're not sick of me after tonight, then feel free to join tomorrow night. Um, And then I think tomorrow after Debo's, I'm going to go members live late night after party after Debo. So probably like 930 tomorrow night, we'll do a members only. Um, And then I'll probably go live again on my normal time Wednesday night next week. So all kinds of live coming up. Should we talk about um, Poche or should we look at some baits I got in the mail? Yeah, so Brad's going to give up. So we'll maybe do a makeup. Maybe he'll he'll bust them in one of these opens and we'll do a, a redo on the uh, the chicken talk. Uh, I've I've heard of people catching them on smallies. I don't know about the river. I'm sure there are times a year when they're really focused on shad that it could be good. Um, bait, mail, bait, mail, bait, mail. Fish Brian wants to talk poche. <laughs> poche, while we look at baits. All right, let me uh, let me grab the baits here. Anybody notice that my uh, my mug? Has a sticker on it. Yeah, I uh, you've got it scheduled. I signed up for the notification on Monday night, so uh, I'm hoping to tune into that. Never can get enough jorts live. All right, got some uh some boxes here uh if you're sad uh we are no longer uh brought to you uh and no longer uh mtb bringing us 1080 hp but powerhouse lithium is now boosting the channel to 1080p so appreciate those guys and appreciate all those that bought batteries when we had uh powerhouse lithium on and people that reached out uh the response was positive and uh and now they're uh, joining officially on the channel. So that's cool. We have got some baits here. They're, I think they're going to be, I don't know if you'll call it, they're, they're very, they're definitely big ish, Brandon. Um, custom, new. All right. So. We've got DC swim baits. Look at that. What do you think of that, Brendan? DC swim baits. So these are new. And I don't know if you guys actually remember Dave Sindrich, I had on to talk about swim baits about a year ago, maybe last spring, last summer. Uh, a Minnesota big bait guy. Uh, and he has been working on this project for years now. And these are just finally, I think he had his first 
drop maybe last week. He might have another drop this week. Um, the six and a half inch DC Shad is a weedless, truly self-correcting swim bait with a built-in hook channel slot for easy rigging. Also features a hard head design. The hard head design with the longevity of the bait, no more nose blowouts. Uh, also helps off deflection of rocks, wood, and hard surfaces. Weighs three and a half ounces rigged. 12 out owner beast hook is recommended with three quarter ounce. Actually, a 12 out owner beast hook, three quarter ounce is required, it says. Uh, beast hook not included. I don't know. If anybody wants to try to grab that uh, QR code, you could probably scan it right there if you wanted. So, a uh, couple things that from what I picked up on this is that uh, Dave has done a couple things. He's always been a big fan of these soft swim baits. Um, I think they're supposed to come with a straw. They don't. So, it's got a split belly, right? So it's molded with that in. You know, for your your twelve out beast hook. I don't have any twelve out beast hooks handy. And then there's a a little channel there where you can feed a straw uh, for hooking and rigging, but it's made with, I think two different density plastics. The front is a little bit more, <coughs> excuse me, durable, hard so that um, your screw lock on that beast hook bites in better and is less likely to tear out. Um, and then also just, you know, ramming into things, things like that. It's just designed to extend the longevity of the bait. Um, and then it's also weighted so that with that three-quarter ounce, it's supposed to truly level out. So if you, like, flip it over, it, it typically, it's instead of going nose down, it typically always goes like that. That's my understanding. Um, so I don't know if he's got, to say, a color on this one. I don't know. But... I think he, I think he hand paints all these. Kind of like a, a golden shiner, maybe. I don't know what else is in the. Uh... So these two actually do have the straw. Um, here's another color. So it's a six and a half inch bait. What's up, Tim? Just getting out this weekend? Absolutely. Definitely heading out tomorrow. Um, yeah, so there's, I don't know, there's kind of a hole in here where you're supposed to feed this. So you can see like, there's actually a channel through the bait, and that's how you use this straw to feed it through, and that's how you make sure you get the hook in the perfect spot every time. So I don't know what you would possibly call this one. Maybe like a juvenile carp, maybe? And then uh, this last one, is that pretty similar? Can't tell if that's different than, oh, 
Let's say that one's pretty similar. S slight variations just being hand-painted, but that other one is pretty much the same as that, I think. So, pretty cool. I'll have to see if I... I know I've got some beast hooks. I just don't know if I've got 12 out, three-quarter ounce beast hooks. So, um, <coughs> pretty cool baits. Um, I think if you search DC swim baits, you can find them. Otherwise, I'll probably have a link in the future to throw in there. That's the new baits. Got those in the mail. You want a sticker? Yeah. Um, so, the, you know, the Visor Gang, right? Uh, the stickers. I got actually a decent amount of stickers. I ordered them from, I got, I tried a couple promos. I got like a buy 10 for a dollar from Sticker Mule. And I got like 50 for like maybe like 10 bucks from Sticky. I think I actually like these ones better. These ones are a little more glossy. The sticker mule ones seem a little more flat. As you can see, but like these ones are a little flatter. These ones are a little more reflective. Um, I don't know. Kind of thinking this one might stand out a little more. The one's a little more shiny. Um, so I think anybody that's a member, like you are, Critical Gravy. If you want to send anybody that's a member, if you want to send uh, an email to contact at richlindgren.com. So anybody that's a member, send me an email and I'll send you a sticker for being a member. I haven't figured out how to get people that are non-member stickers yet. Um, but anybody that's a member, just send me an email with your address, Caro, Gravy, uh, Daniel, anybody that's interested uh, that has asked for stickers in the past, if you're a member, I'm absolutely just going to send them out. Um, so that's the easiest way uh, to get a sticker if you're a member. We'll figure out how to get uh, stickers for other people. If we do some giveaways, I'll probably start throwing them in. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get some stickers out to the uh, the OGs and we'll figure out how to get stickers for, for non-members and non-winners after that. So how's that sound? Um Bass Assassin. I have not dabbled in the BFSF market. I don't mind spinning reels, and I think spinning reels do the job, so I actually have no plans to dabble in the BFS market. Um, Rusty, about the poche thing. Assuming you guys have seen the video, um, um, Carl says she's happy. I'm assuming that's the sticker. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of information out there and I can't say that I've digested all of the information to have a definitive opinion, but my initial take is that anything that's that gray area, which if you've seen the video of him crossing, you know, the concrete dam roller dam, right? I mean, it's. There's not running water there that I noticed in any of the videos that if 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 you were going to do that, the common sense thing to me would be to <coughs> call the tournament director and ask if that's fishable waters. Um, if he does that, this doesn't happen. Um, I think you could go either way on, you know, should it have been legal? Should it not have been legal? I think on safety, 
pretty sketchy. I mean, imagine yourself drawing as a co-angler in that boat and jumping that. I'm sure some of you probably be all for it. Some of you probably would not sign up for that. Um, imagine if you put your maybe a teenage daughter or son that is 16, 17 year old, put them in an open for a learning experience. And then you find out they draw with Keith Pochet and he's jumping a concrete dam and a 17 foot flat bottom. I don't know. That just seems very fringe safety. Now you can make the argument anytime they go out in big waves or you're driving a boat over 70 miles an hour. Is that safe? But that's way more common practice than, you know, jumping 20 yards of concrete in, in a boat. So I, I know there's a lot of people that think this is something about like a, vin, a vendetta against Poche for trying to fish both leagues. I don't really think it is. I mean, they don't care when, you know, John Cox is doing it. John Cox hasn't put any scrutiny. I just think that Keith Poche puts himself in these positions way too many times. And then he just expects that it's going to work out. I, th- I kind of feel like he's seeking this, you know, <laughs> to be in the limelight is what it feels like. Uh, it's just that he, it's just like, it, it's no coincidence that it, it's just him over and over again, keeps finding himself in these positions. So uh, I don't think it's a vendetta. I don't think Bass has it out for Poche. I think Keith Poche keeps putting himself in these positions and he has only himself to blame. That's the gist of it in my perspective. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure that there's definitely some people on social media with strong feelings both ways. Um, I don't know. And then he threw a big like fit on day one <laughs> on the stage. He wouldn't talk to Dave Mercer. He made some snide remarks to Chase Anderson and it was just awkward. I don't know what he did today, but I'm sure he got fined for yesterday. So he's not handling it well. He's not taking the right, I, I don't know. I think he's, I don't know. There's just so much gross with it. <laughs> so. So that's my take on the poche. Uh, if anybody has strong opinion, otherwise love to hear it. But, uh, and he's a stay away from him on fantasy. He's like, a, don't touch him with a, a 10 foot pole. Uh, I'll see if I can uh, send me a message on Instagram gaff. I think I can maybe download it from a chat that I'm in. Oh, you apologize today. I have not seen that. Yeah, he's definitely putting himself in a position to ruffle feathers and stir the pot. So and if you're going to do that, live with the consequences. Um... That's interesting. I don't know what the rules are. There's probably um, it probably would have to take it a little further or be repeat offenses more so. I think the only one that I can think of that got kicked off the elites or took a one-year ban or anything like that was there was somebody that did made some racial slurs. I want to say against uh, guy from texas uh james niggemeyer uh i don't remember and i think that got that guy taken off the elites for a year or maybe longer but other than that i can't think of a time where somebody's been like 
banned from the elites other than that. Uh, what do you think they'll be biting the next? Here, they're going to be biting the paint off everything. I mean, you're going to be able to catch them on moving baits, slow baits, chatter baits, swim jigs. Probably need to throw a swim bait, uh, crank baits, probably a frog bite in the near future, top water. <coughs> um, it's it's going to be wide open in Minnesota right now. Yeah, I think because, and I like in the spirit of what Poche is doing and, you know, the non-technology getting into small places and things like that. But within reason, when you start using, you know, winches and there's gray areas and there's rocks and there's not rocks and we're jumping land and that kind of stuff. It's one thing to get into shallow water like John Cox does um, and things like that. But it seems like he's kind of pushing it too far. And I think because of that, then organizations like MLF and Bass may not want to deal with all these like constant loopholes and pushing the limits. They might just put a minimum on it. And I think that would, I I don't want to see that, but I I think it could happen for sure. Dustin. Yeah, that's one thing. Like, I mean, I've definitely ran my bass boat over like (laughs) super shallow sandbars where there was literally almost no water and things like that. But like at no time is this really, (laughs) you know, under normal, this isn't open water. Yeah. And if he just reaches out and and asks the tournament director ahead of time, it's a non-issue, which is what most normal people do. Bring me some. I definitely probably will throw the native guild tomorrow for sure. Yeah, he fished. I want to say he fished a tournament in lacrosse. And at the time, MLF, I don't remember if it was an Everstart or a pro circuit or whatever, but they have a minimum rule where like you have to have a 90 horse or bigger. And he only had a 60 horse and he got DQ'd because he didn't meet the minimum requirements. Clay says, seen it in person. He's crazy. Yeah. So, Clay, if, if you were a co-angler in that Bassmaster Open, would you have felt safe? <laughs> and would you have been, like, okay with that if he was taking you across it? Yeah. Do you DoorDash T-Bell, Brian? Because I feel like you'd have to avoid crunchy tacos because crunchy tacos would probably get too soggy in a DoorDash situation but maybe like burritos and soft shells and crunch wraps and stuff. But I, I couldn't do crispy tacos. I don't think in a DoorDash situation. Let's see. Do I have any emails uh, about stickers? I see a couple. John Welsh. You did not have to do that, but it's much appreciated, but yeah. So don't forget anybody that wants stickers, contact at richlinger.com. Uh, his boat yeah but okay let's say maybe clay what about if your 16 year old child (laughs) was his co-angler how would you have felt about it then or something like that yeah hard shells aren't any good when you're eating with a fork that's for sure um i think i almost went to talk about today um you do sign waivers but also, 
you expect reasonable, sane things to some degree as well. Um, what else is going on? Um, doo -doo -doo. I was kind of expecting to talk more about chickens. I didn't have like a whole long list of uh, things to uh, talk about. What other things do we want to talk about? Um, yeah, planning to possibly chase uh, <coughs> largemouth and smallmouth, hopefully tomorrow. Put in a, a fairly long day. Gonna definitely make a video of the bass opener tomorrow. Um, with some new additions on the boat. I think the boat project is just about complete. Spent the last couple days, evenings putting on some new additions, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, so the, the Camus is pretty much complete. I never did order anything to get any secret secret Berkeley baits. Did anybody else do it? What kind of baits were they giving out? Those that did it, I did not do it. Um, it'd be interesting to know what kind of. I mean, were you getting like Fritz sides? Were you getting like top waters? Were you getting uh, Max scent? Like what kind of stuff? Yeah, he killed me too, Clay. Neither, John, neither. Brian, I know you got some Berkeley baits. What'd you get in your Omnia Berkeley surprise? So you got some shaky head worms and power bait. Yeah, I saw a little bit of rumblings about that, but like, I mean, isn't the... KO do live beaver just to knock off of the sweet beaver. So, I mean, it's is anything new in the beaver category? Seven inch worms. Hmm. So, it, would you have had to add more to your cart? I heard that you could get one for every 25, but did you have to like keep adding them to your cart? They just didn't automatically do it. Is that what? Yeah. And I, I don't think I'm ever picking Straysner again because he did the same thing last year, two years ago at Neely Henry. So he's like on my non pick em list. Okay. The JDM brainwashing has gotten Brandon. Of course, you guys would say that. Oh, that's weird. Interesting. Um, what else is going on? I don't know. I'm excited to go fishing. I'm going to be fishing a lot this week. Kevin's all for the free economy and he wants cheaper non-JDM beaver knockoffs. Um, I have not. 
got the camper winnings yet because I told him to wait because I knew my SB1s were coming from Marty. So instead of having them ship multiple things, I just had them like put them all in one box. So I assume those probably ship this week sometime. Yeah, for me, it's not a matter of like affording it. Um, it's just that I don't really, it doesn't interest me that much. There's so many soft plastic creatures that I don't want, as somebody that like tournament fishes, I don't want to be dependent on something that's like JDM and hard to get. And that's honestly why I don't buy most of it. Um, AJ says, Doe Live is just a D-bomb knockoff. The Bass Breaks. Hmm. I did not see that. <clears throat> oh, those uh, those trolling motors on the uh, the shallow water anchors. I heard they're more popular for crappie fishermen. Uh, but they're almost like what powered drift paddles because they have basically have little trolling motor motors on your shallow water anchors, right? What's, where's Rich G tonight? Colby, I haven't heard from Rich G since he won. So we're still looking. Rich G, are you here? Oh, wow. Doe Live Beaver was a 10-year-old bait. So now the D-bomb is a knockoff of the Doe Live as well. Okay. The Fighting Frog. That one? I don't fish the, the fighting frog as much as I probably should, honestly. Uh Luke Lindell, looking for your first cheap bass boat. Um, yeah, honestly. Especially if you're fishing up north, we have a lot of small lakes. Bang for your buck. Small aluminum boats are great fishing platforms. The only downside, honestly, to small aluminum boats or even mid-sized aluminum boats is really big water. And if you're not going to fish really big water, then there's not much downside to going to Bass Tracker or Vexus or a Crestliner or a Lund or anything like that or Lumacraft. Um, they're, they're less expensive to purchase. They're less expensive to operate. If you ding them, dent them, you can kind of... It's cheaper to fix. It's cheaper to find people that will weld aluminum or, you know, beat it out with a rubber mallet. Um, so, yeah, I get into more places, easier to tow, less cost. Honestly, the, the aluminum boats are underrated, in my opinion, especially small fiberglass boats. I think are a little bit overrated because the small ones really don't take big water like, you know, 15, 16, 17 foot aluminum or fiberglass doesn't get you much over a, a aluminum rig of the same, in my opinion. I bet you that, that was a pull. I bet you that got your heart pumping, Colby. Um, you won a sticker, TK. Congratulations. Are you still painting? Are you still doing clear coat? Have you finished up, TK? What size... SD card. I usually use 128s or 256s most of the time. 
as big as it will hold, so you don't have to play with it. Oh, wow. All right. We need some fact checkers. What came out first, the Doe Live or the D-Bomb? Yeah. I think that's uh, a second that advice. And then if you have to repower a small aluminum boat, you know, repowering a 40, 50, 60 horse outboard with a, a four stroke, if it's a good haul, it doesn't set you back nearly what repowering a bass boat does. And you can jump roller dams easier. That's a good point, Kevin. Will I tie on any sneaky old school baits this year? Mm. Nothing comes to mind. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think aluminum is the way to go south or north unless you're fishing big i mean i mean if, if you aspire to fish the bfls and fish gunnersville and wheeler and toledo bend and you know big tournaments big waters then sure you want to probably get into a, a 18 19 20 foot fiberglass but if you just want to get into bass fishing and fish 90 percent of the other fisheries or fish the big fisheries and just fish in the creeks and launch in the creek and fish in the creek you're in uh aluminum boats are the deal yeah, Crestliners have a um, giant front decks too. Uh, tournament most excited? Oof. Probably the first one, which will be uh, Vermilion in like 10 days. That's always just, anytime I get to fish Vermilion, pretty exciting. And then probably the state Unleash in August. Beans in bed. <laughs> good assessment kyle i like it aj says the bill live's only been around for six years are you not fact checking your facts matthew yeah that's a good point if you're gonna get a small tin but you know um you can make live wells. It's, you know, adding live wells to a tin boat is not that big of a deal. Uh, I definitely have been part of projects like that that my uncle and my dad did. So, like, honestly, you can build live wells and add them to aluminum boats much easier. It's not that big a deal <clears throat> if it's a good hull. I don't know what a tracker avalanche is. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, unless you plan on going out in Mille Lacs or Leech or the big water on windy days, 16 to 17 foot bass trackers, great fishing boats. Yeah, I fished out of that uh, 18 foot Ranger flat when I went down to the Watchtower River. That thing wasn't awesome to fish out of. It was sweet. I'm pretty sure Reaction is the first Beaver style bait that I'm aware of. The 
Avalanche is a hybrid bass walleye boat. Interesting. So it was kind of the hybrid, just like the pickup, the, the Chevy Avalanche or whatever it was. Oh, man. Flirting with 100 tonight. Oh, I don't know. I just got to get some stuff together for tomorrow. We've been on just over an hour. TK, are you going to be mad if I don't go like two hours tonight and that you got to like watch some like bad TV or. We got a lot of Doe Live Beaver fans in here. <laughs> I thought you had been listening to the soothing tones uh, while you uh, applied clear coat. I didn't realize people are so passionate about the Doe Live. And the, is it OSP that makes the Doe Live, right? The Maxent. I've I've dabbled with that Maxent uh creature hog. Not super durable, that's for sure. Exactly. Exactly. What foreign exotic website do I gotta go see to see the dough live? Can I get it at Tackle Whorehouse? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with TK when he's like I'll I'll check it out when there's a better ver like when there's a beaver that is a better version of the beaver. <laughs> is the beaver creature the same? Is this the one we're getting all excited about, or is this not the right one? Or is this a different Doe Live? What's this one? It looks like they have the version without the tails cut off. Doe Live Beaver Creature Bait. Doe Live Beaver Creature Bait. What? Why do some of them have the curlies and some of them don't? I'm so confused and why they have the same name. <clears throat> so which one is the one I want? The one without the curly tails or the one with the curly tails? $11.48 for five of them. Sweet deal. You kids in your crazy JDM. Without, without the tails. There you go. 
it's a baby brush hog with the legs ripped off, which is the uh, creature, the zoom creature hog, right? Uh, they still make that thing. I got a buddy that loves these things. The super hog. There you go. That's the uh, the idea where the OSP Doe Live came from, from the Zoom Super Hog. Yeah. If they stop biting the Sweet Beaver and the uh, Brush Hog and the D-Bomb, then I'll check them out. Uh, he went with the woolly bug, right? Supposedly. Which is basically another uh, traditional sweet beaver knockoff. <clears throat> uh, the woolly bug. I actually sold a pile of these woolly bugs at the Prior Lake garage sale in a giant bag for like 10 packs for like $10. Somebody walked away with a whole pile of these in, in Green Pumpkin. Joe <laughs> uh... says they don't pass the tank test. Yeah, my buddy, he loves them. He catches the fire out of them. Pat, uh, I gave him my last few packs for like his birthday. There you go. Block aside it. Oh uh, yeah, people still drop shot the eerie darter. It's still a thing. Oh, seeing some sticker emails come in. Again, if you want, uh, if you came in late and you want a Visor Gang sticker and you are a member, just send me an email at contact at richlinger.com to request your Visor Gang stickers. I'll probably send you a couple of them. If you want to throw them on a, a tumbler, if you want to put them on your laptop, a tackle box, on a windshield, it's all fair game. You get talking about JDM baits, and then Tyler actually starts commenting in the lives instead of just lurking. I know how you are, Tyler. Latell saying hi. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to go super long tonight. I need to get my rest. It, the Visor Gang is a state of mind, Dustin. It's it's just the community. It's a it's a it's a it's a frame of mind and it's an experience. It's a it's a lifestyle. You don't actually have to wear a visor. You can still have a sticker, Dustin. <clears throat> so yeah, this uh, you don't you don't have to wear a visor to have a visor gang. It's just you're just part of the. It's like the Salt Life people that put Salt Life stickers on their car and they live in Minnesota. Yeah, everything bites the gulp minnows, the crappies, the catfish, the perch. Uh, 
everything eats a gulp minnow. And they don't last long on a drop shot. You go through them pretty fast if you don't like if you just nose hook them, you go through them pretty quick. Um, if you find if you put like a little tab or a little keeper on the hook, they last longer. But uh, yeah, a great cooler slap, absolutely, Clay. Um, that's right. We uh, we're not a, not afraid to offend those without the the follically challenged, Matt. We're not an inclusive group here in the Visor Gang, but you can still have a sticker if you want. I like it. I did uh, at the at the at the uh, the Intune demo day. One of the people, uh, David, that rode in my boat in a demo. He brought a hat in. We did a live custom visor making in the boat at the dock. So, upon request, we do dockside uh, live visor creation in in the Slamus. Yeah, I, don't, I think we're 915, 920 tops. Ah, uh, good question. I don't know. Probably depends on what lake we go with, but it's probably going to be a moving bait. We're going to have a little bit of wind, a little bit of clouds tomorrow. It's going to be warm overnight. I don't know, chatterbait, crankbait, maybe swimbait. Keep honest. Got to make sure to... to uh, Bring this box up. Be nice to get one on the native guild tomorrow. Definitely need to bring the glide box. According to Brad, we can leave this at home for another month, so we don't need that. Oof. Gotta make sure the visor bot or the the hard swim bait box goes up to the boat. I don't know. What do you think? Just put that right on top. If I trim this, could I just like put it right on his head? Yeah, around some shallow grass, around some dock poles. The uh, it's really the the world is our oyster. Tomorrow. You've got 10 days for the native. The top part to TK. <laughs> sure. A, a sticker and a, a yarmulke uh, will send down to Alabama. Yes, John, I am. Uh, probably Friday afternoon. Nick, I don't. What? Who makes the whiplash shad? I don't. I'm not familiar. I think you said it was an Omnia. Tell me more about this. Whiplash. That color doesn't show up super good on the... 
<clears throat> and what do you like this as a, a bladed jig trailer as a drop shot as a fluke style how do you like to fish the whiplash like oh i see very nice the guys up at uh marine general do run again did you say hi to shark I have not tried the hybrid hunter for early season. I've tried it more in the summer over the grass once it's grown up and I've caught pike, but I've not caught a bass on the hybrid hunter yet. Six inch fluke. I used to throw flukes a lot as actual, like throw them out there and let them sink down almost like a Senko, but I have not, I've gotten away from that lately. A fluke might actually be really good on the lake that we're going tomorrow. Oops. Honestly, Shark is the only person I actually know there. I always say hi to him. Uh, there you go. Good looking baits. Yeah, Exxon's got some good plastics. Not going to lie. All right, 920. I run out of things. I'm running out of juice. I need to get my rest. I'm going fishing tomorrow. We're going to make some fishing videos. And uh, if you want to join tomorrow or night, I'll be on Debo Live. Uh, I'm going to change both Johnston. I'm going to go to a lake, hopefully, where we can get both. Um, maybe go west of town a little bit. Uh, yeah. Everybody rest up. The Minnesota F Catch Release Bass Opener is upon us. Um. And uh, and Wednesday night, I'll figure out who the guest is going to be. And check out Brendan's live on Monday night. I'll be on Debo's live tomorrow night. Oh, and then late night tomorrow night. I'll get hopefully I'm not too wiped out from fishing. We'll do a members live tomorrow night. I got I got some stuff to get rid of here. So get rest, Bill. We're going to catch him tomorrow. If you guys came late, want to catch the replay? There was some chicken jig juice in there. We're going to have to have Brad back on when he has internet, and we'll get the real deep dive on that. But uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less and tight lines this weekend. Stay good, everybody. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of the Hellabass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hellabass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>